0: What a, what a powerful time. And can we just give our worship team such a hand? Because it's rare, it's rare today that we, we get to see that. So it's awesome. So that's going to lead into what I want to talk about today. And the rest of the whole summer, really, we get to spend the whole summer talking about the Holy Spirit. Someone said, hmm, and everyone said, yay, finally. And what we're going to do, we're going to break down the Holy Spirit, who he is, the gifts he's given us the fruit he is given each and every one of us. And I love it because it's summertime. Some of the parents woke up last week and said, "Oh wow, they're not going to school. My grocery bill is about to go up. What am I going to do with them?" I'll tell you what to do with them. Between June 20th and 24th, send them to VBS. Amen. In the evening, we'll feed them. We'll put them on a lot of candy and we'll send them right back to you. But we're going to have that on a Wednesday night, starting all the way through Sunday. We're going, to, we're going to celebrate Sunday. They're going to graduate Sunday morning, that service of June. So I want you to get ahead. There's going to be some tables outside, and I'll give you more. They're going to have some more um, things going on today. But let's just, can I just pray, and then we're going to go right into the word of God. How about that? Father, we just thank you right now for what we experience. Let us not take it for granted that your spirit continues to visit us, be with us, encourage us, lift us up, God, to another place. And we just give you praise. Bless the rest of this meeting today in Jesus' name. Amen. We're starting a new series called Pneumatology. Pneumatology, which if you take um, theology, which I've done a few of them, biblical theology, systematic theology, it's called A Study of the Holy Spirit. Numa means spirit. And we're going to study, really give you a no kidding background, breakdown of who the Holy Spirit is. Really, pneumatology, I'll give you a definition. is the study of the person and the work of God, the Holy Spirit, and the way he has worked throughout all creation. The person and the work. We're going to debunk some things, but people think that the Holy Spirit's a force or an influence. He's a person. We have a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we're going to spend the summer talking about the Holy Spirit, the one that we actually need, not a luxury, but it's a necessity, is the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1, and we're going to read all the way to verse 8. I'll be using the ESV version, and if you don't have your Bibles, our scriptures are on the um, screens. But really, this summer I want, to inv- want you to invest in, yourself- invest in a Bible, get yourself a Bible. It's a great time. It's a new season. It's summertime, and Bibles are on sale right now. You can go up to Sam's and get them cheap. Let's start in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, times of season that the father has fixed for his own authority but you will receive but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem in all judea samaria and to the ends of the earth now this is jesus been 30 years on the earth three years in ministry 33 years total sorry Died, was crucified, third day, rose from the dead. This is the gospel. About to ascend back to heaven and won't come back to the end of time. He's given instructions to the disciples. They thought that his kingdom was going to start right there in Jerusalem. He was sticking around. He said, no, really, it's not for you to know. He left some instructions to them. And he put it together like this. There is a work to do, but you cannot do this work without the Holy Spirit, without me. And he said to go and wait. And they went and they prayed. A few days later, the Holy Spirit showed up during unity. Now, if you look at Acts chapter 1, some people say it's part 2 of Luke, the book of Luke. Because he ends Luke on telling them the same thing he starts Acts with. The doctor, the physician Luke wrote the book of Acts. And one thing I recognize and I'm really excited about, the book of Acts kind of had a sudden ending, but it really didn't have a sudden ending because we're still writing the book of Acts. And what I want to talk about today is the Holy Spirit, the person, and the work. Of the Holy Spirit, who is God. And I want to debunk any kind of theological bench you've had growing up and wherever you came from and give you the word of God on what He says, who He says the Holy Spirit is. Because there is a work to do, there's a mighty work to do. But just like Jesus said that you guys cannot do this until you are empowered from on high the Holy Spirit first. To be a witness, not to be weird. To be a witness, not to be weird. And we'll talk about those things. You said, why are we doing this service, this series? I got to tell you. First thing is, I want you to know who the Holy Spirit is because he is God. And second, us being part of a move, large movement called Every Nation, Churches, and Ministries. You want to know what Grace Point, it's, everyone asks me, is Grace Point a charismatic church? Or there? this type of church or that type of church? And basically, we're a church that is Christ-centered, socially responsible, And spirit-empowered. We want you to recognize when we say spirit-empowered, what we're talking about. Because it's about being empowered by the Holy Spirit to do the work that he has told us to do to touch Abilene and touch our surrounding areas. And from here, we're able to touch the world. That's why we're doing it. Also, there is so much confusion about the Holy Spirit. I pulled this down from Barner Notes said, most Christians do not believe that the Holy Spirit's a living force. Overall, 38% strongly agreed and 20% agreed somewhat that the Holy Spirit is a symbol of God's power or presence, but is not a living entity, which means karma. You You ever heard that? You have good karma? He's just a force. You have the Holy Spirit. He's just a karma of God. He's not God. Just one third of Christians disagreed that the Holy Spirit is not a living force. 9% disagreed somewhat, 25% disagreed strongly, while 9% were not sure. And that is the state of American Christianity. We're confused on who the Holy Spirit is. And when we're confused on who the Holy Spirit is, we will not be empowered to do what he calls us to do. When we look at the book of Acts, everyone focuses on the disciples. But I love what I learned in school. It was basically this. It was Jesus Christ by work of the Holy Spirit working through the apostles. Guess what, guys? Jesus Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit working through Grace Point Church. See, we don't have to worry about um, bringing it together. He brings us together. And bottom line... Christians are underdeveloped when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We're underdeveloped. What do you mean by being underdeveloped? We're un- underinformed, underdependent, and underinvolved. And I'm going to unpack these three for you. When it talks about being uninformed, we're underinformed largely because of the theological traditions that we grew up in. We just were never taught about the Holy Spirit. I grew up Lutheran in New York City. We didn't talk about the Holy Spirit. The only sacrament we, we really celebrated was communion. And if you saw the way we did communion back then, you'll say, oh, my gosh. We all drank out of one cup. We spun the cup, and we sipped on it, and you were in line. You couldn't say as a little child. Ew. <laughs> you couldn't do that. Back in them days, they were able to smack you upside the head. In Jesus' name. Didn't know who Jesus was. You went up there and you took communion. If they took it off the cup and you see something, no, I'm sorry, I won't go there. They spun it, had a quick spin, and you drank it. Or I've been to a church where they taught me how to experience the Holy Spirit, but they never talked about him. How to sit there. And say words over and over again and rock back and forth and find out who the Holy Spirit is and talk backwards. But no one talked about him. And no one gave me the proper position of him. Which is, we've all seen it. We've all come from those places. Some of us went to college and they bypassed that part of the Bible when it talks about the Holy Spirit. Well, he, that was only for the apostles. Would that be a bad joke if God gave us a job to do and he only limited to those guys? Because what we cannot explain, we push away. And when we recognize our proper theology on the Holy Spirit, we'll say, man, we're over, not under. So that's, I mean, we all come from that different place, our theological bent on it. And we all experience either the right or the wrong way. And I got to tell you, being from Abilene, a lot of us learn from the wrong way. And then Satan comes in and confuses it, so no one wants to engage it. And then when no power has any power. Because if you're talking about the word power, say it's dynamite. It is. the means in the Greek dynamite. But it needs ability, efficiency. And the third word is, make sure I got it. Might, power of might. We need those three, those three things to do what God called us to do. We need that supernatural ability. We need to be efficient. We need to know we know what this gospel says when we bring it outside of here. And by golly, we need to walk in the power of his might, not mine. But when he confuses it, we don't engage it. And we're powerless. And all we're in the, is a social club here in the city. And that's not what God intended. Because he's God. But Remember, God creates the Satan counterfeits. So if he can get you confused about who the Holy Spirit is, He'll stop you from walking in the fullness of what God has for you. And I'm not just talking about doing it in here. I'm talking about walking in the fullness of God at your job and your workplace. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's go to 1 Corinthians 12.1. When we're underinformed, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now if you have a translation means ignorant. Ignorant means Uninformed. And if you look at it, he said, Pastor Rich, you're talking about spiritual gifts? Really, when I first wrote this scripture, the originality of this scripture, and that gifts was added later. It's talking about spiritual endowment, all those things that we get from the Spirit of God. He doesn't want us to be uninformed about those things. Later, the translators put that, the gifts in there, beginning it the goes to makes it in line with, with that scripture, with that chapter, talking about spiritual gifts. But he does not want us to be uninformed about the power of God in us, around us. He doesn't want us to be uninformed. He wants us to walk in the fullness of all that God has for us. Because you, rec- you see this, that you try to do what God called you to do outside the Holy Spirit, it will kill you. Paul was telling about the first Corinthian church. They were a mess. He's trying to tell him, I want you to be uninformed. Because I need the Holy Spirit with me to teach me and help me become the best husband I can be. The best dad I can be. The best Christian I can be. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, I'm marginal at best. He doesn't want us to be underinformed. Because the Holy Spirit is personal. If you recognize He is personal. He is a, he's personal, personal. The breath that you're breathing, the air that you have, He gave it to us. Breathe into us. It's the Holy Spirit that's helping us. But body, soul, and spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us. He's the supplier. The Holy Spirit is the supplier. You heard about the scripture, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. He supplies every good and perfect gift. The Holy Spirit is the supplier. In the very beginning he says, "Um, when God created the earth, he said, let there be. And it was. The Holy Spirit was executing some things. Same thing. He's the supplier of all good things. He's a comforter. Whenever you're going through some pain or anything, you're dealing with something. This is all in the Bible. We'll get a chance to unpack this the next four or five weeks. He's a comforter. When someone prays for you and you sense some peace on you, that's the Holy Spirit on you. He does it more for those who don't know God so they can recognize it was God. So whenever you're dealing with it, you need somebody to pray for you. Don't turn down prayer if you want to experience the Holy Spirit comforting you. Peace. That joy, that love. That what you experienced this morning for those. Some of us came in, rah, rah, this is great. And some of us came in, oh, man, I can't make another day. But we all agree at the end of this, man, God is good. What happened? You were comforted. You can't deny it. It's not great talent. It's the Holy Spirit. He's a cleanser. He helps us when we read the Bible to identify sin in our lives. And then he doesn't leave us there. He gives us the ability to wipe it out. Another good word for that, conviction. And the last thing, he's a revealer. It's hard to read the Bible without the Holy Spirit revealing things to you. That scripture I read in 1 Corinthians 12:1, I read that 50 times. I'm saying, okay. And then I he revealed it to me. That it wasn't just about the gifts, it was about the Spirit, the Holy Spirit Himself. And you can read a scripture 40 times, and God will reveal. Forty things to you because it's nothing loaded loaded with revelation but the one who reveals it to you is the Holy Spirit the one who revealed to you that you need to give your life to Jesus was not you it was the Holy Spirit I remember when I said I'm I'm going back my mind was I'm not going back but something came out of my mouth and I said who said that cause it's the Holy Spirit what I'm saying God I don't want you to be afraid of him I want you to embrace him. Second thing, we're underdependent. See, the ministry of the Holy Spirit is not a luxury. It's an absolute necessity. Paul recognized this in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Let's go there. He said, my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit of the po- and power. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. This is Paul recognizing I have to be totally dependent upon God to do anything and everything. Prayer, our prayer is as preachers and leaders that you will not rest your wisdom on us, but we will, you will rest your wisdom on the power of God. Because once someone talks you into something, you go out the door, someone will talk you out of something. But when the Holy Spirit empowers you and tells you, reveals it to you, there's no turning back. And when as a church and as believers, I want to grace point to church and say, you know, that's not an impressive group. But their God, they serve is very impressive. See, it's not about me. Don't follow the personality, follow the power. He didn't want him to rest. Because if he fell or if he made a mistake, they all make a mistake. Our God, when we talk about discipleship, our job is to point you to Jesus, not to us. Jesus has to reveal some things. We recognize that. So the other time I said, I got to stop saying that word. I'm, I'm, me and my wife are playing a, a word game. And I was supposed to strike that word out. I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. We have fun. Well, it's not about speech, honey. No, just kidding. Anyway, but no, she's helping me. She's helping me. But it's not about the personality, it's about the power of God and the demonstration. As you recognize, as you uh, observed this morning, the, pot, the demonstration of the Spirit's power through the worship team. And I pray as my words leave my lips that the Holy Spirit is speaking to each and every one of you. I don't sit up here. My prayer used to be, Lord, give me all this great speech. I said, Lord, just let the Holy Spirit ride what it's going to ride, and your word never comes back void, because I want to glorify you and all that you do. And that's what it's about, guys. Totally dependent upon God for everything, everything. My finances, my marriage, my relationships are totally dependent upon God. And the Holy Spirit gives me wisdom. And I pray that's your life. That you'll be spirit-empowered and spirit-directed. Not afraid of him, but explore him, find out about him. That's what you're going to do this summer. Get in your Bible and find out about who the Holy Spirit is. See in your Old Testament where he was revealed and how, he, how those guys did great works. How did David kill bears? It wasn't David because he was good. How do you kill a nine-foot giant? Not because he had great aim. All he did was throw the rock. The Spirit of God directed it, but he just wants us to throw the rock. What happens if we take ownership of it, we won't even throw the rock. Or we'll throw the rock and we'll look, and it didn't hit anything because you're totally dependent upon your ability, not his. His, when you... Talk about the Holy Spirit. You talk about the you know, the power of the church resides in the Holy Spirit. You know who knows that? Satan. He knows that. Why do you think <clears throat> why do you think his number one enemy is to break up the church? Why do you think the number one thing when we me and Jack talk about our new members' class? We, can, we can't guarantee we're going to um, be able to um, contact you accurately, love you accurately. But we can guarantee that we'll offend you accurately. Because we know what's always resident inside the body. To tear it up so we'll be ineffective. And you see in the book of Acts, when they all came together, one spirit, one people produced one purpose. And people, I read... Commentary today, I don't think that can be reproduced. I believe if, God, if it wasn't going to be reproduced, it wouldn't be put in this Bible. That's why he attacks us so much. And we try to get people ready for that. I'm going to offend you. I'm from New York. That's what I do. Amen. Last thing is, <clears throat> we're under-involved. We're under-involved. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 5 and 6. There's some of these words here. Some Paul wrote again. The gospel. Because our gospel came to you not only in words, but also in power, in the Holy Spirit, and with full convictions, you know what kind of men we proved to be among you for your sake and you became imitators of us and of the lord you received the word with much affliction with the joy of the holy spirit and he was encouraging them yes they were being afflicted but when they had the holy spirit they had a lot of joy and what he's saying here is this the holy spirit's always at the front line to wherever the gospel is going out A lot of us have this idea. I want to know more about this. Go deeper in the spirit of God. I got to have more of his spirit, of his power. You know where you'll find that? On the front lines wherever the gospel is going out. Jesus even said in John chapter 4, they were worried about eating something. He met the woman at the well. They said, are you hungry? He said, no, my food is to do the will of my father and to finish his work. If you're hungry or you feel I'm not being fed get to work you'll get to know the personality of the spirit when we're out there witnessing this gospel you can't get it off of video we can't you can't get it from me you're gonna have to experience on the front lines where the Holy Spirit is magnified because you're going there with a track or you're going there with the God test, and you believe in God to touch their heart. And when God shows up, realistically, he shows up in that way. Sometimes he even heal that person first so they can point them to Christ. If we want to know the full concept, the full power of God, experience the full power of God, you lead someone to Jesus Christ and watch what happens to you. You're ruined. You're like, this is just fantastic. And you don't, why? It's the joy of the Holy Spirit. And you can have your worst day, but you hand out, you help someone, and you share that gospel. You witness that gospel, and that worst day goes away. You're not even thinking about yourself. Why? Because the Holy Spirit shows up in the full power that everyone is searching for. And it doesn't happen too much when we keep doing it, demonstrating on each other. Because I've been to those healing lines. Same people get up every year. You were healed last week. What happened? The reason why a lot of things don't happen because of faith. has to be faith in the room. To receive the healing. You got to believe that the Holy Spirit does want to heal. Jesus wants to heal. God wants to heal. But if you don't believe it, you'll be up here every week. But God is not interested in that. More, He's not interested across the street. And those who are dying don't know Jesus. He's so interested, He will just beam a light on you when you go over there with a God test, or you're going, hey, what are you doing? What's going on in your life? And they always ask you, you get all the questions. All the witness does is answer the question, why are you so happy and we're in recession? Glad you answered that question. Let me tell you. Now, they can get mad, usually when people get mad, that means you hit a nerve. Because they didn't care. Like I've been in New York when people just didn't care. They, they, they didn't think anything different. But when they hit a nerve, they get mad. But here's the next question. Is it working for you? Whatever you're doing right now, is life working for you right now? See, and the greatest, you don't walk around like it's all about you. On my worst day, you know when God shows up and shows someone your way, when you're not feeling good and you want to go home and you want to walk and someone shows up in front of you, he does that on purpose. So you will not take credit for his power. He always The gospel is inconvenient. It's not a nine to five thing. It's two o'clock in the morning when the phone rings. Amen. Some of y'all don't answer your phones, I know. But can I, can I? this is what God showed me last night. And I'm not a basher of Facebook. But we would spend a week off Facebook. And spend a week in God's Bible, his spirit. You'll discover so many new things you never, never thought about. We put more things in, artificial things, more energy in something that's not real than what what is truly real, the gospel. I want to give you a challenge. I love this. Um, I live out in the country and have my um, weed whacker. Had a big Sears one, big old four-cylinder. Excuse me, y'all. Four cycle engine. You have to mix the gas and the and the oil. Perfectly. Or one is gonna smoke when you put too much oil in it. <laughs> then no not worry about it. the mosquitoes won't bother you. But the other two is gonna freeze up. Well, I gotta be honest, the first one I had, I didn't do it right. I put a little oil in there, put a little gas, that's about right. I shook it up. Look at that say I'm a guy, I don't read instructions. But I got a new one now. It's got pre-mix. I love it. It's the God created. got pre-mixed oil and gas. But when you get ahead and you pre-mix the oil and that gas perfectly, that thing gets to move in on them Texas weeds. The power that comes out of that deal is awesome. Because when you're done, you stand back. Yeah, I got a couple of days before it's going to look like I never did anything. And you do that. And you have the perfect mix. Here's my challenge. Spend time in the Bible this week. And you ask the Holy Spirit just to speak to you. And you ask him, what are you doing? Can I join you in your work? And let me tell you, that's the perfect recipe. Perfect recipe. For God to show up and big in your life. That will give you purpose. That will tell you that this is just not more than a a Sunday. It's about touching people's lives here in our community. I want to challenge you. Turn off the Facebook. Turn off Twitter. I'm convicted. Spend time in the Bible this summer as we're going through this series. That perfect mix. The more you read the Bible and get in God's presence, the more you become dependent upon him. And not your own wisdom. It's his wisdom. And you want, he'll point out his work to you. And your actions won't be, when is the church going to do anything? Your action will be, I am the church. I am going to do something. I want to challenge you this summer as we're going through this. Because that is the perfect recipe. That's it. Just like I keep my weed, I'm whacking out all evil weeds. And I get down deep, when they don't come back. Same way when we hit our streets, guys. And I thank you guys for helping us hit our military last week in our outreach. How Someone asked me, Pastor Rich, how do you wipe out evil? One family at a time. Because when you wipe, you, you depopulate hell and you increase the kingdom of God. Can we pray? Take that challenge. Send us an email. Young people, take that challenge. Don't stay up all night. You only been off one week. We can tell when you stay up all night. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you this morning. We pray